Lisa K. 10 to noon on KTOE. Here we are back on KTOE Middays. Thanks so much for hanging out with me here in the KTOE studio. It is 13 minutes after 10 o'clock this morning, and we've got Superintendent Paul Peterson. As promised, we brought him in. We found him. He was hiding from us out in the hallway. <laughs> See what happens when you show up early? You end up getting talked about. That's but. right. <laughs> I get that from my father, my mother and my father. You know, if 10 minutes early is almost late. That's a good habit to have because my family, uh, you know, in the Lisa K household, I'm constantly like flying in with my hair on fire. <laughs> it's bad. In fact, my daughter said to me the other day, she's like, we're five minutes early. What are they going to think? <laughs> I said, it's okay. I mean, yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. And, and I have, I have some folks that I work have worked with who have said, you know, if people can't wait 10 minutes for me, then I'm not, I'm thinking that just gives me anxiety even thinking about being 10 minutes late. Well, I think about it here on the radio now. If you were 10 minutes late, we would totally miss like a chunk of time. Yes. To, and and I, there are things that need to happen at certain times that I'm still learning about. And we have a lot to talk about. Too. We do have a lot to talk about. I have stories to tell you. Every time you come in, I talk about like what my kids are doing, as if my kids are the only two kids in District 77 I right now. It. But um, I know that they are joined by uh, a lot of different um, kids doing a lot of things right now. And this morning, they had to be up early uh, because they were on a bus to MSU for Vex Robotics. I have uh, one in the high school. I have a senior yes. in high school and an eighth grader at Prairie Winds. And both of them, um, all four of my kids in, in the robotics program um, through the district. And then the two that are left there now are just, it's fun to watch. I it's, tell you, if anybody's driving around right now, like maybe up by campus, and they could pull over and just peek into that that uh, arena. Mm-hmm. Just to see what your what those kids are doing in there, it'll blow their mind. It is amazing, and I wish that I had uh, the television capabilities right now to show people what I'm. T- I'm going to tell like my son, my my senior in high school, had the robot home, and was describing to me. Um, there's a competition, like the robotics competition. For those that don't know, every year they release a game, and kids have to, from the ground up, design, build, and program their robots to achieve these goals, these engineering feats mm-hmm. uh, that have to happen. And they go in. If you've seen BattleBots on TV, it's a little bit like that, yeah. not so destructive. But <laughs> yeah. um, he was showing me the gyroscope and talking about the variable speeds when he turns one way the engine is faster than the other way and we've programmed it to do this and that and I'm thinking senior in high school right I mean it's not a huge surprise in my house because I watched my other two boys go through the same type of thing well and we've talked about it before on this on this show robotics combines two things number one these are wicked smart kids Mm -hmm. and number two ultra competitive Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you put those two things together with hundreds of kids now in that arena up at MSU that uh that's quite a sight to see. Right. And not only like the engineering feats that happen, but I know from watching and being uh, involved with VEX through year, years and years of it, uh, the beauty in watching kids do, like my daughter's in charge of the notebook for her yes. team. So she's a very good writer and describer of things and documenting. Uh, so there's a skill there. Then when you get to these competitions, you have to go out and find an alliance partner from schools. So you're, you're out looking at what other people's robots are doing, trying to get them to convince you uh, or you convince them to join your team Mm -hmm. so you can compete together. And these might be competing schools, um, new kids that they're meeting, new teams that they have to... So they have to go... There's a little debate going on in there. There's communication. You know, a generation ago, we used to call those soft skills. And it's like, yeah, there's nothing soft about Uh -uh. critical thinking, problem solving, communication, collaboration, all of those 
pieces all, all come together. Right. And then when I thought about it, the very, like I think I've told you before, the very first time somebody said to me when, when my kids first got involved, uh, they said, it's like a sporting event. I said, no way. It's like a bunch of, you know, our mm. nerd kids that are out there doing, but it is. Yes. And you have people in there screaming and cheering and <laughs> the things that they build and create with their minds and make these robots do mm-hmm. is amazing. Yep. And the whole district does a really good job. I mean, like District 77 really should be proud of their robotics program. Well, how fortunate we are to have programming that really meets kids where they are and where their interests rest. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that comes from having staff members and having leaders that I have the privilege of working with all the time who are constantly engaging with kids about what's on their mind. What are they interested in? I mean, it doesn't do any good to have a menu of programs that kids look at and go, nah. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Yeah, nah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a hard pass on that. Right. And I think that whether it's the youth enrichment programs after school, whether it's all the co-curriculars, you know, from middle school right up to your senior year, there's, there's, there truly is in a district of our size, something for everyone. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's pretty special. Yeah. One really cool thing that's, um, come out of that is just to watch where they take it and where they're going you know like uh as my older son is in engineering too so it's and he knows exactly where the spark happened Mm -hmm. and it was with that particular program Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool yeah think about like the the application of what they're doing i mean your son maybe is a little bit of a rarity most of the hundreds of kids who who participate and engage in robotics they're they likely aren't going to be like creating robots for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. But those skills yeah. that they are developing yep. right now are going to, like you said, it's so fun to see where kids take those into their life, mm-hmm. you know, which gives them meaning and value and um, makes them great people and citizens and all that good stuff. So on the other side of the spectrum, not with the extracurricular robotics thing, but um, extracurricular sports mm-hmm. that are going on right now. My daughter's uh, on she's eighth grade, but she's playing on the high school hockey team yeah. for East, and um, and she's on JV. But they have the culture is so good there. I have to say that um, last night they had teacher appreciation night, mm-hmm. and the coaches had the girls go find a favorite teacher <laughs> and write the teacher a note about why they're the favorite teacher, what they appreciate about them. And invite them to the hockey game last night. I think we were playing Austin. And the teachers uh, would receive the notes. And those that could come to the game last night were invited to wear the girls' home jerseys in the stands. Right. So uh, there was a a smattering of yellow jerseys in the stands. And they're all the teachers that the girls had invited to come watch me play. Watch what I do outside of school. And... They did. It was a very nice picture. Um, I'm sure you'll see. You can probably find them on social media somewhere, but um, of all of the teachers and all of the girls, the whole team right there. And it was so nice to see the support that the teachers took the time out of their day to come and support the kids on something that they do out of school time. So that I think I'm so glad that you shared that. Um, And it's. I think it's indicative. Don't cry. I know. Like you totally got. (laughs) I know. I I got chills as you were describing that because I think what it demonstrates again i mean our like coaches in general and i have said this for a long time in school system coaches are like 
the most competitive people. Like just be, and they they come to that naturally, or maybe they were let's say they were involved in sports as a kid, or maybe yeah. in college, and so they don't just lose the competitiveness. I mean, they are competitive, but that example right there demonstrates that our head hockey coach, you know, Amber, Amber, and she's all wonderful. of her, and and she brings that competitive spirit about hockey. But she also is an educator Mm -hmm. and she realizes and is now demonstrating to kids that, you know, this is this isn't just about hockey. This is about recognizing those people who have had an influence in your life and not just recognizing them, but then doing something to honor them. Right. And so. My had a had a teacher there. She last did. Night. She had oh. a teacher. She had her fax teacher wow. there, and um, I met the teacher. And she came up and said, "I've never won anything like this. I've mm-hmm. never, you know, been asked to do anything like this before. Never been recognized in that way." Yeah, which is so important. So I think it's just it's such yeah. And teachers do an amazing job. And like I said, our co- an example like that. I mean, you, we can't pigeonhole. You know, people into oh, all they care about is the wins and losses. Um, yeah, um, they are. They really. Truly they won, care. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, that's that's fantastic. What a what a great event. Yeah, that was pretty pretty neat to see. So uh, some of the cool things, some of our wins in our house with the uh, District seventy seven folks. Want to share that with Paul Peterson, our guest today here on KTOE. He's going to be hanging out for the hour. We'll be right back. Back on KTOE today, middays with Lisa Kay and my time with Paul Peterson, District seventy seven superintendent, uh, here in the studio with me, talking a little bit about. And this is funny because you mentioned strategic planning, um, and. Uh, we're probably not going to get into all of it this segment because we only have about five minutes. But I know that um, the city's doing strategic planning, mm-hmm. like both of the cities around us, mm-hmm. Mankato and North Mankato, getting through some of that. GMG is doing some stuff regionally. The school's no different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really, I mean, it, we have people within our system, they hear that phrase strategic planning and they're like, oh, snooze fest. Like, let like. God, no. I'm not going to lie. I was like, I think I told Susan when she was in here, I'm like, okay, I'm going to just turn on the mic and let you go. Because I've been on a strategic planning committee for one nonprofit at one time. And it was kind of hard in a nightmarish sort of way for me. My brain doesn't think like that. So I'm glad that there's people that will do that. Well, and for for folks who are going through, like taking a school system. I mean, the most important work happening in our system every day, hands down, without question, is work that teachers are doing with kids. I mean, every day, mm-hmm. crushing it with kids and making sure that they are getting the very best experience. That is not strategic planning. That is leadership at the classroom level. And s- That's so, like your boots on the ground, yeah, right? And, yeah, and we can't get in the way of that. But I think what strategic planning needs to, and, and why it has an important role is we have to have people within the system kind of looking out to a little bit of our future, three to five years, five to 10 years. I mean, what we've been talking about in our school system is making sure that our system is future focused and it's readying kids for their future, not our past. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we can do that is having conversations about what that future looks like and how we create a system to support our kids in that. And what's great, and then I'll be quiet about this, is like you said, <laughs> the cities are having conversations, the university, GMG is is facilitating this transforming tomorrow together process. And there are so many things kind of lining up within the community to kind of take that next 10, 15, 20 year 
plunge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited about it. And, you know, the, like I said, the people in our system are like, all right, Peterson, like, get it organized and, <laughs> and let, let us keep doing our thing. Um, and understanding that, you know, there's a lot of new, there, there's a lot of new things coming down the pike for our region, for the state. Um, and uh, we got to be ready for it. Right. And I always feel like it's very hard for us to adapt to change. Yeah. Right. So, but you're so right where we need to be future focused and what's coming, what's coming is things like technology. What's coming is the way that we do things. So maybe, maybe I've noticed since I left school, you know, classrooms look different. Learning looks different now than it did when you and I were in school. Well, I tell you that the GMG facilitator um, at this little convening yesterday who had community um, members in there talking about bold transformation of, of our future he really he challenged the group saying, you know, people took a survey and said that's what they wanted. Is that true? Yeah. You know, it's almost like, yeah, let's change. You go first. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, wait, wait a minute. That's uncomfortable because I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Right. And especially given the strength of our region, things are not broken here. They're not dysfunctional mm-hmm. from a, if you look at the big indicators of success, things are, things are strong. And so why change it? Why? Yeah. And that's the challenge. Um, and of course then if, but if you're not looking to the future, you get to that future and think, oh, we're now outdated. We're irrelevant. Um, and so schools have something to play in that because we have our future. I mean, we have the next, we have the investment, which are our kids. Right. Welcome back to Talk of the Town. Here's Lisa Kay on KTOE. Thank you so much. It is Talk of the Town in the 10 o'clock hour, 1044, and a little bit of rain possible later on today. They're saying a 50% chance of rain right now. It looks like that's after 1 o'clock this afternoon, uh, just cloudy skies, but a high near 45. We're at 41 right now, and Paul Peterson in with us, a superintendent from District 77. Paul, we're talking a little bit uh, before about strategic planning, <laughs> which I know you laugh. You think, oh, this is really not going to be interesting. But it is interesting because uh, when you think about um, moving forward and planning for the next, how many years, when you do a strategic plan for the district, how many? You know, I, they, we used to talk about like five to 10 year plans, but okay. now, um, you know, we did strategic planning four years ago. Okay, and I would now, think it would have to be yeah, less the way things are changing. You bet. Now we're back in it. Um, and that doesn't mean you throw out everything that you did. It's just looking at are, are things still accurate? Are, are you still on a trajectory that makes sense for for kids? And So, yeah, three, three four, five years. Um, and then we. <laughs> and then it's another year of planning. That's right. I mean, because it takes about, it, it's got to take about a year to. It does. Months. Yeah, months it does. And, months. and it's especially um, meaningful when you're not doing that planning in isolation. But you're doing it, as we said earlier, um, with other entities in our community thinking about their future and thinking about how how are we setting our community up for success down the road. And in our in, in my world, that's all about what are we doing in a school system right. that readies kids for their future. Are you seeing the similar types of talking points as you pay attention to things that maybe the cities around us are doing or local government with their strategic plans? Are you going, yep, we're talking a little bit about this too, or here's how we fit into that? Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what, what has made it really affirming to our work because there is a lot of overlap. Everybody's talking about talent um, and attracting not just attracting people to our community to um, go to university, mm-hmm. but attracting people to go to the university and then staying here mm-hmm. to be a part of this diverse workforce. And so 
talent is huge. Um, the, the, the idea that as Minnesota's demographics have changed, it's not that they're changing, um, they've changed. Mm-hmm. And we need to, as a region, make sure that we are wholly committed to this concept of including everybody in the regional economy. Sure. That means from the earliest learners in our preschool programs through high school into the university, then into the workforce, people are talking about how how do we take that concept of inclusion and really make it like not just something on a piece of paper. Right. Um, I think but, one but of those ways to keep, uh, to retain, train, keep people here is through these the, the use of these uh, work-based learning programs yeah. where we have companies that might come in and pair with something as early as the middle school, high school, probably high schoolers, yeah. but to offer training. And I think of it like a kind of a glorified, uh, what is it, those work work days that you go and visit oh, yeah. companies and see what they do, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, th- I think that it, when you... Th- when you think of what school is all about, I mean, it's we're, we're talking about learning and kids learning, learning for learning's sake, but also learning about what is to come for them in their future. And we've long said that school really shouldn't be a place where kids go and then after school's out, then they go back into reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. school, school should be be steeped in reality. Right. And so that means the experiences that kids have in school. I mean, we were talking about robotics earlier. Right. That is an unbelievably relevant activity because of what kids are learning and what they're doing during that activity. Right. Absolutely. All those I mean, skills. And so the idea of work-based learning, where kids are trying out different skills, learning about potential careers. I mean, oftentimes when we're talking about careers with kids, I mean, these kids are 14, 15 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not as if you're trying to put them on a track right. when they're an eighth grader. Remember, what are you going to be when you grow up? You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a lawyer. It's not like that. It is not. No, it's not. It is about exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then allowing kids to truly engage in some of those things at age appropriate, of course. Sure. During their school experience. I know that you, the school district had sent, uh, speaking from parental experience here sent my boys to hey it's manufacturing day we're yes. going to go visit some manufacturing uh, facilities here in town and we learn anything from you know a line to metals and all that i it's... yeah and and i and i do think that our public school system here is really really poised to expand exp, or ex- exponentially grow those sorts of experiences because it's it's everything from hey let's let's go take a tour mm-hmm. and just expose you in that way all the way up to um, what about kids in senior high school leaving their school for a portion of the day to actually go job shadow, intern, work, mm-hmm. get paid, get a credit. Is that currently happening? It is. It is. It's. It's. Can you it, tell me like what companies or what sort of industries that the kids are going into yeah, to our, learn and, and look? Our career uh, coordinator, Caleb Watson, he's been on the job now for a couple of years. He has really taken um, work that was previously organized by Kim Mueller in our uh, teaching and learning department. And he his, his partnerships from both business and industry and nonprofits, we're start, we've started to showcase our kids and these companies on um, through our social media. Okay. So people just get a sense that the school experience here in Mankato is different. Um, 
and it can be different because we have so many community partners. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is as Caleb and Travis Olson, our director, as they have engaged with business partners about, hey, we're looking at maybe having a more formal connection with you. It is a, it's rare where our community doesn't jump on that. Sure. Like people see that, yeah, this is good for a kid to get a sense, but it's also it's a win-win because it's good for a, for a future employer mm-hmm. to have eyes on talent. And so then that gets back to the strategic planning. How do we organize our system? Um, and that means the courses kids take, the pathways that they can pursue. What are the things that we need to start doing? And then the real challenge is what do we need to stop doing? In, uh-huh. in systems yeah. that then allow the time, the staff, the budget to provide kids and their families with that exposure to their future. Um, that's that's kind of the why you would do any sort of planning to begin with. But we really do believe that work-based learning, apprenticeship, internship, getting kids um, up, you know, along with all the incredibly rich things that happen in the four walls of a school. Right. Getting them in community, having it, the community become even more of a learning lab for everybody, mm-hmm. not just for a select few kids or not just for kids who really want to learn how to uh, work in the automotive world, sure. but everybody. Right. People who maybe will, uh, after high school graduation, they're going to go to a four-year, they're very likely going to go to MSU or Bethany or Gustavus or South Central potentially. Um, but we have a rich job opportunities here in our community and we need to make sure that our community looks attractive to them when they graduate perfect um so let's talk a a couple minutes here before our time is up about the uh, now that we're post-election and and you're you've got you've got the money coming um that's good you you, last time i talked to you you were getting bids yeah for projects that uh, are going to be undertaken what's going on now yeah great so you know we after the election on november 7th and got the approval from voters um we had we have several of our projects that are considered shovel ready. And so we were able to get out um, and start collecting bids right away from contractors. Our MAPS Center for Learning, which is really our preschool early learning uh, wraparound care facility up there on MAP Drive up by campus. Um, those bids, we've already collected those bids, opened them up. They came in excellent. Our board's going to approve those first round of bids next Monday night at okay. the uh, school board meeting. And away we go. I mean, r- really, we will have four. It might be five of our projects um, shovels in the ground next April, or as soon as as soon as the snow uh, leaves us. But you know, as to, as, as the weather looks today, it has to get here first. Uh-huh, anyway. That's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's you know a lot of planning that happens with all that. But uh, this it's an exciting part because it's it's right before things are going to start really happen from a construction perspective. Back on KTOE, Middays with Lisa Kay, and just a couple minutes left with Paul Peterson, District 77 Superintendent. Uh, thanks for coming in in the 10 o'clock hour. We like to have you here. and uh, Always we'll, great. We'll be seeing you here at 10 o'clock. I know that the kids are getting ready to go on break. You get a little vacation yourself. A little bit. And then uh, pretty soon the semester is going to be... doesn't uh, seem crazy. I mean, there's one week left before holiday break. Yeah. And then, you know, take a there's there's a week in there, a week in a couple of days and back at it. And then by the end of January, we're flipping to third quarter, third, third quarter. So are kids picking classes for next year in third quarter? Is that what they do? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, when you if, if you would go to a counselor or a principal these days and say, hey, I'm looking at maybe offering a different class next year, they'd be like. That horse is out of the barn. Like <laughs> the course registration guides are printed, they're ready to go. I mean, yeah. So right 
this winter, kids are already thinking, what, 10 months or eight months down the line right. as to what's next. So it's school years are just, they just roll. Man. Um, and it's so fun to kind of be back in a rhythm uh, with school schedules with, within community. I mean, I'm not going to lie. We need pandemic. we need uh, routine in my house, so that was good. I think uh, I think that's such an important thing for all of us. Right. And uh, yeah, it's it's but it's been a great first half of the school year. Um, the kids are really, really, really doing great. We have the indicators of success when it comes to their learning and behavior. Attendance is really strong. Oh, and that is great to you see. Seem surprised, <laughs> you know there there was a little hangover post pandemic where kids and families were like, nah, I don't know about, and not because they were like they didn't have COVID. It was just I'm not quite sure what the. I'm not sure what uh, we're supposed to do. I get that feeling from yeah. yeah. I'm not. Yep. I'm not and sure. now we've kind of we've, flipped back to get re- to school. Yeah, because it it got real relaxed there it for a while. It did, which was important, and those were the directions from the state and all that good stuff. But now we've collectively said, get back to school. But yeah, get back to school. We're <laughs> at it. Uh, that's what I get when I, I get those phone calls from my kids. Can yeah. I stay home? No, you're going to school today. Yep. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I hope you have a great holiday. Happy holidays. Yeah, we will, We will, and, and you and your family do the same, and next time it'll be 2024. I was going to say, I'll see you next year, which uh, is weird, right? Yeah. That's great. Bring it on. Yeah. Are you staying in town for Christmas? For or? sure. Yep. Yep. Little little trip up to my parents, but they just live a few hours north of here and, and then we'll be right back here. That's going to be a nice quiet. How about you? you travel? No, no. We're going to stay at home um, and my mom's gone. So it's going to, like I said, it's just immediate family and it's going to be a nice, quiet, well-needed rest. Thanks, Paul. Excellent. It's so good to see you. Take care. Take care of you too.